The Baltimore Ravens defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 15. They clinch a playoff berth. We talk about what happened in the game. Lamar Jackson, Keaton Mitchell, and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, here with you, of course, as always on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. And I mean that because it's now 12 a.m. Eastern time here on Locked On Ravens, are free and available all podcasting platforms. That includes in newsman, video form, and audio form, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Push your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockerNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockerNFL to push your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're a five-day week Ravens podcast. So Monday through Friday, we are bringing you the best daily Ravens content, news, analysis, updates, and so much more. You're not going to miss a show. If you're watching YouTube or watching audio, well, listen in audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video. So be sure to subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member. I really appreciate all the everydayers we have. And also, if it's your first time in, welcome in. And if it's somewhere in the middle there, welcome back to the channel. We have a lot to talk about. The Baltimore Ravens have clinched a playoff berth. They are officially in to the big dance, the first team in the AFC to do so so congratulations to them they pick up a big win over the jacksonville jaguars in week number 15 23 to 7 we'll talk about the game here we'll also talk about lamar and his mvp what what the conversation is right now about that also keaton mitchell if you haven't heard the news john harbaugh put it out already he is going to be done for the season with a significant knee injury so that's a it's a brutal blow for a guy who's worked so hard as an undrafted rookie to come in, make an impact. And it's a really big loss to the Ravens. So we'll talk about that, but we are live here on locked on Ravens. We go live after every single Ravens game. Also after any big news that happens. So if you can't catch it live, you can watch after the fact in video form or the replays are available in audio form as well. We have David Garcia, my main man in the chat saying, get him Kevin. I'll let them know about the Ravens big energy from David over there. And Kobe, we got here saying this game is dedicated to Keaton Mitchell's knee. Yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll get into Keaton. It's a big blow to him. It's yeah, I feel like the, they won the game, but I feel like I'm really thinking about Keaton right now. And obviously, my prayers go out to him, and hopefully, he has a speedy recovery. The specifics of the injury haven't come out yet, but I don't think they'd be good. Well, again, we'll, we'll get more into it in the final part of the show and throughout the show. But long story short, uh, you know, usually I post replays of injuries when they're not brutal because you know I, I like to analyze and I'm not a doctor so don't trust my non-medical opinion but it's like oh this looks to be what happened hopefully it's all good but we'll see the Mitchell replay in in picture it was so so bad it was so gruesome I decided not to post it out of respect there but let's first talk about the game itself Lamar Jackson puts on an MVP type of performance and look I, I tweeted it out after the game. If there is a better MVP audition than that, I'm sure we've look, we've seen plenty of great MVP auditions. This is a primetime game for Lamar Jackson. You want to look at the box score for Lamar. We can start there. It's not going to wow you, right? 14 of 24 for 171 yards, one touchdown, one interception. 
you look at what an MVP is, and again, we'll get to this a little more in the second part of the show, and also the topic of tomorrow's show is going to be about Lamar's MVP, the main topic. But that's not like, oh, 14 to 24, 171. You don't look at that and say, oh, those are MVP numbers. But the MVP goes so much further than that, and so people who box score watch don't understand the impact of Lamar. Lamar had a huge impact on this game. The Jaguars defense could not bring him down. He was running circles around them, had 12 carries for 97 yards, averaged 8.1 yards per carry there. But let's talk about the big time throws he had. He had a couple of really nice ones. Now I want to highlight two of them. We'll highlight two. One was the one to Odo Beckham Jr. Where I posted the replay. I'll try to find a better one to post out later tonight, maybe tomorrow. But Lamar is contorting his body one way, and we've seen him do this a lot this year, right? He contorts his body one way and then just absolutely flings the ball. He flings it to Odell in the air, body like pointing towards the sideline, and Odell like comes up with it at first, but then he kind of rolls and drops it. One of the best throws of his career. Then he had another one of the best throws of his career on a Lamar Magic, you know, Lamar Jackson doing Lamar Jackson things. He he rolls around, then it was Dewan Smoot. If you remember, if you've been listening to me for a while on Locked on Ravens, we talked about Dewan Smoot a couple times on this show because there was reported interest between Smoot and the Ravens. And Smoot ended up going back to Jacksonville. I think he used the Ravens for leverage, maybe. Dewan Smoot, Lamar kind of ducks under him, and I'm doing my Lamar ducks under him. And we've seen him do it a lot, but then he throws up a ball. And it was, look, it was a risky throw. I'm not saying it was the safest throw ever, but Isaiah likely shades of Mark Andrews, right? (laughs) Just comes down with the ball, jumps up over two guys. It was, it was reminiscent of, remember that Browns game a couple of years ago when Lamar and Mark Andrews had those couple of crazy plays similar to that. It was incredible. So Lamar does things where the, and Chris Collinsworth, I said, actually, I think Chris Collinsworth, you know, Chris Collinsworth, has had, he's had a lot of questionable takes some questionable opinions, but I thought he put it really well towards the end of the game if you were still listening at that point because Terry McCauley decided to go on a rant for about 10 minutes about how Calvin Ridley scored a touchdown he didn't score, a clear and obvious touchdown, which clearly was not obvious. But he said that, look, you can't box Lamar Jackson in, right? MVPs, he's not going to beat everybody in passing yards, interceptions, t- passing touchdowns, whatnot. But you see Gus Edwards vulturing scores from him. The Ravens aren't a a 50-time-a-game pass team. This is the type of game where the Ravens, again, lean on their defense. The offense had a couple of inconsistencies here or there. But for the most part, they controlled the ball well. And the defense obviously played lights out here against a Jacksonville team that, man, just unbelievably undisciplined. I was honestly kind of (laughs) disgusted, for being honest, watching Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a team that... I don't know. Jacksonville to me felt very, I, I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I, I'm trying to find the right one. Jacksonville to me was very sloppy. I guess I'll use it. I used it for the Ravens. I'll use it here too. Jacksonville was very sloppy in this game. Multiple drops. Trevor Lawrence did not look good, right? There were multiple different plays here where, you, you think about it and like, oh, well, the Ravens probably should have had like a 15-yard game put up on them by Jacksonville, but it didn't happen. And look what happens. They take advantage. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, what, he dropped? He just dropped the ball one time. He did it twice, actually. Once was a little more forced than the other. But I don't know. I, I just felt like Jacksonville was sloppy all across the board on offense, multiple breakdowns defensively. And against that Ravens team, you can't do it. You have to play a near-perfect game for the most part against that Ravens team to have a shot. Jacksonville did clearly quite the opposite in the Ravens. 
they, they made him pay multiple different times. So a lot of this has to do with Lamar. I was super impressed with Lamar over the course of the game here. And you talk about what he did. I mean, the wide receivers didn't really do a lot, right? I mean, Isaiah likely, well, he was the beast of this one, five for 70 or shot. Bateman got going early, a couple of big receptions for him, three for 39. But then Charlie Kohler, one for 15. Keaton Mitchell had two for 15. Odell and Zay Flowers combined for two for 21. So those two didn't really get it going. But the Ravens still win the way that they're winning. And we haven't really seen, I'd argue, the Ravens put together a full four quarters outside of Seattle and outside of Detroit on offense. So very impressive there. Let's talk about the defense for a little bit here, though. Cal Hamilton comes back, has multiple big plays. He he is a difference maker. He is a playmaker. I mean, he's he's someone I'm laughing because his impact, I've read the stat out last week when Hamilton was in the game, the Ravens allowed, I believe, was right around four yards per play. When he was out, it was right around seven. He's that big of a player. He had a couple of big time run stops where he come. You can't leave Hamilton unblocked off the edge. You just can't do it. Teams keep making the mistake. A couple of huge pass deflections. He is long. He is physical. He's somebody you have to take into account. And I think Baltimore did a really, really good job of doing so. Other than that, you, you see Roquan Smith with six tackles. Marcus Williams had one of the plays of the game where he kept, who, who caught the ball? I can't remember who caught it. Was it Calvin Ridley? I can't remember who got the ball, but regardless, Marcus Williams keeps the Jaguars receiver inbounds on a play where the Jaguars just should, have, should have spiked it. Again, just super sloppy by Jacksonville. Terrible decisions. Marlon Humphrey had a huge hit. Arthur Millette was beat deep. He, he passed off Jamal Agnew on that deep touchdown, which kind of feels like the first deep touchdown the Ravens have given up all season. But, I mean, look, you hold Jacksonville to seven points. Jacksonville, I'm a little lower on Jacksonville than most, if we're being honest, but I still think they're a pretty solid team. And so the Ravens go and they clinch a playoff berth here. Some of the team stats that impressed me, Baltimore goes and holds Jacksonville to three of 13 on third down. That was really huge. The Ravens had nine more first downs, and they held the ball for about 10 more minutes, nine more minutes than Jacksonville did. Both teams had the same amount of penalties. But the key is that, Jacksonville went over three in the red zone. The Ravens went two for five. So the Ravens, not that they went five for five, wasn't a great red zone day, but they capitalized in this Ravens red zone defense, which I believe came in number two in the league in conversion percentage. They held Jacksonville to that 0% mark at 0 for three. So big game for the Ravens, big playoff berth clinching win. And coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be talking about the Ravens and the playoffs, but also Diving a bit more into that Lamar Jackson MVP conversation. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll come right back here. We'll look at the chat a little bit as well. Got a lot to dive into in this episode of both this Lockable, this Locked On Ravens live edition coming to you again after that Ravens win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. First, though, this episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, it's really important to, if you're a small business, Find the right tools and have the right people in your corner. And if you're hiring for small businesses, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And it's really important, again, 
to have a lot of great team members in on your, on your side, really. And LinkedIn's helped me a ton, whether it comes to finding jobs, networking. It's really a, an inclusive database that has so many different options. And it's really important also to have quality candidates to both interview and hire. And LinkedIn makes it really easy to find them. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses to get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time. There were resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back. It's our second segment here of this Locked On Ravens Instant Reaction Live Edition. After the Jaguars game, Kevin Ostriker still talk with you here. I appreciate everybody for tuning in to the live show or if you're checking it out after the fact, I appreciate you as well. Let's get to some of the comments here. I kind of wanted to talk about the game first. But we have uh, Necromancer saying big W in prime time. Let's go. Appreciate you tuning in. Raven 76 B more here saying salute KO playoff bound. Dylan saying playoff bound, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Necromancer saying Beak's going to get paid big time. Just met a BK, another sack. I mean, what what can we say? What else can we say about just how good, how much of a baller Just Matty BK's been? I kind of tweeted about it during the game. There's no way you can let him walk. There, there's no way you could, if you're, if you're the Ravens, you cannot let him walk because of how good he has been for them throughout the entire course of the season. And I mean, let's face it, right? Took a couple years for Matty BK to kind of come in and, and be really good, but he's been a He's been great for them in spurts, but this has been the big breakout year. He's up to what, 12 sacks now, has a sack in 12 straight games, or 11 straight, yeah, 11 straight games with a sack, if I'm not mistaken. He has been so good. This might be a franchise tag situation, to be honest with you. Matibike is probably at this point, we've probably surpassed the 15 million per season conversation. Probably talking about 20, 25 per year, maybe even up into the 26, 27 range. I'd have to do more research into what the actual franchise tag number would be for Matabike and some of those top defensive line contracts. But to have a guy like that is such a valuable asset to a team. So whether it's an extension, whether it's a franchise tag, you can't let him walk whatsoever. Uh, Sublime saying hyperextension of the knee two weeks out. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. If I have to be the bearer of bad news, I'm sorry. I'm just a messenger, but he's done. Don Harbour already announced it. I know he said copium in the chat, but yeah, sadly, it's not going to be that for Keaton Mitchell. Uh, let's see. We have comments about, yeah, Williams and Mitchell, brutal for injury perspectives. Obviously, it's a big loss for Keaton there. We'll get to it as well. Kobe saying likely he's putting on a show. Also, yeah, more, more comments here. I see Joey saying Keaton Mitchell. Larry in the chat, I appreciate you tuning in, Larry. Dylan makes a good point about the tackles, though. Let's talk about the tackles. I think it's a good point by Dylan saying our tackles are getting beat all game. It seems like now I think the rotation is going to just be what they have to do. It honestly does not scream Super Bowl champion to me. Like I think the Ravens can win the Super Bowl. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I don't know what Super Bowl teams, if any, have kind of had a, a tackle rotation, especially with the money they're paying Ronnie Stanley. It's unconventional. It's different, but I think it's what has to happen because it's, what has to work, right? Stanley got beat really badly in the first part of the game. Ronnie Stanley concerns me a lot. The Ravens are going to be facing good pass rushes from here on out. There's no exception. From the regular season, it's San Francisco, Miami, Pittsburgh, all have solid pass rushers. Then you go to the playoffs. I'm sure they're going to be very, I mean, very solid pass rushers. They're going to have to face there as well. 
Tackle concerns me. The interior is, for the most part, rock solid. John Simpson had the penalty, which is unfortunate. But with Moses and with Stanley, it's going to have to probably be a rotation of McCary and Falele in there as well. Brian Sinnott, any word on Keaton? Yeah, I mean, I know you. Com- it was a while ago, Brian, he commented it, but Keaton's done for the season, unfortunately. We'll talk about that more in the final part of the show, also throughout the week. Raven76, Vmore saying, I can't wait to see that Lamar hater Mike Florio's face. The dude always bets against MJ- LJ. I think what, yeah, he was the one who picked against the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I think seven of eight people picked, and Florio was the one, again, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's see, we have a comment by Wadislav. I hope I got that right. They were sloppy, but I felt like the Ravens defense would reach Lawrence easily and the Jags defense got Lamar more often the other way around. I'm already looking at the 49ers. These critical injuries, critical tackle by Williams. Yep. Yep. Great points there. Trace Carpenter saying what a win. Long time listener on Spotify. First time catching live. Hey Trace, I appreciate you tuning in, listening to the live. It's yeah, audio video. We got it all here for you, but catching it on the YouTube. I appreciate that as well. So let's talk about Lamar's MVP a little bit here as well. Because I think for me, it's a two-guy race now. It's Lamar and it's Brock Purdy. Dak Prescott had a bad game against Buffalo earlier today. Again, games like that can be ter- – I mean, look, I'm going to I'm gonna bring my Denver Nuggets knowledge in here again. When Nicole Yoke, which is battling Joel Embiid for that MVP last year, Jokic had a stretch of about one week, maybe two, late in the season of just – Poor basketball. The Nuggets were losing. It was terrible basketball. And Embiid was killing it. He was having great games. And it kind of swung the way the MVP vote was and gave that award to Joel Embiid. Not saying Embiid wasn't, you know, both those guys were deserving deserving of the award, just like Lamar and Brock Purdy are both deserving of the award. Brock has been awesome. I mean, you can argue this upcoming Christmas matchup is a battle of the two best teams in the NFL. Definitely probably the best team in the NFC and the best team in the AFC. And you want to have that, right? The MVP is probably going to be on a team, barring you know a couple of instances where it hasn't happened. But it's probably going to be a guy that is on one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. So I think that, honestly, the battle for the MVP is going to be next week, Lamar, Purdy, and that 49ers and Ravens game. I see Wadislav saying, to be fair, for Jokic, there were also a lot of people who simply didn't want him to win three in a row, especially before he got a ring. And that was a lot of the argument too, right? I mean, it was, what does he want? Can you give a guy a third straight MVP for a guy who hasn't made it past the conference finals? Da, da, da. Obviously he won it. And as a Nuggets fan, I'm very happy about that. But for the football conversation, I don't think that point, like it was a point for the basketball, Wadislav. I, I, I was, you're 100% right. I was in the thick of that MVP conversation. But this time, it's going to be, hey, you know, Lamar has not made it past the divisional round. Is that going to weigh him down? I would, I sure would hope not, but we'll see. Uh, Ravens Big Trust saying Big Trust 11 and 3. Appreciate you hopping in the chat here. Benjamin saying if the O line can be just good enough against the 49ers, I'm convinced we're Super Bowl bound. The 49ers game has a couple ways it can go, for being honest, in terms of how the fan base is going to be feeling after it. I think it's going to be, I mean, some people think the Ravens are just going to get blown out of the water. I don't share that same mindset. I think it will be a very good game and honestly, probably one of the games of the year, if not the game of the year. But even if they lose to San Francisco, if they put up a fight and if it's a close game, I think a lot of people will say, look, we're we're probably going to see that matchup again in February. And people are going to feel a lot more confident. And, hey, you know what? The Ravens will just run through the entire AFC. Because at this point, they are 100%. It's unquestionable now. They're the team to beat. 
Benjamin saying 24-21 type game. If we lose, I'm fine. Just be competitive. Yeah, I mean, look, I think people are treating the Ravens right now. Like, and I, I hear you, Benjamin. I'm, I'm with you in terms of, look, if they're not competitive in that game, do we have to reassess kind of how we feel about them? But it could, the same could be said with the 49ers where they've been they've been blowing teams out. They've been rolling teams. And that's the difference right now, I think, between the 49ers and the Ravens is the Ravens have been winning, right? But we've seen some of those close games where you're like, oh, don't know about that. They ha- they've had the two blowout wins, a couple more than that too. But for, the 49ers have just looked so dominant in every aspect more consistently, I think, on the offensive side of the ball than the Ravens on the offensive side of the ball. And that is where... I think when you look at what Baltimore and San Francisco have to offer, people might be picking San Francisco. So we'll see. Uh, Kobe says, I'll take a Jackson Super Bowl MVP. Hey, that's what they want. I think Lamar would trade 10 MVPs for one Super Bowl at this point. Now, I, I would too, for being honest. So we'll talk about it. And we'll, we'll get to Benjamin's point here about the offensive line in the final part of the show, continuing that, but also talking about, unfortunately, Keaton Mitchell, what that diagnosis is and how it will impact the Ravens offense moving forward so be sure to stay tuned again we have a lot to dive into on locked on ravens as we round out this live edition of locked on ravens on monday morning midnight we started up here so stay tuned still a lot to get to on the show first this episode of locked on ravens is brought to you by fan duel sportsbook and look if, if you were betting on this ravens and jaguars game on FanDuel. Pick the Ravens to win. Pick the Ravens. You're feeling pretty good. But as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers, they stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 money line bet, that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, too. There's wide range of betting options. It includes spreads, player pops, over-unders, and a lot more. So, hey, Isaiah Likely, you bet on him. I think you're you're living large right now. Or maybe if you bet on that Gus Edwards anytime touchdown, you probably have a lot of good things going as well. And the app, again, great over there. You can get a lot and you can win some money over there on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on kickoff the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back rounding out locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here live on late Sunday night, technically early Monday morning as the Ravens clinch a playoff berth as the number one seed in the AFC. They still have to clinch that one seed, but they still stand there at 11 and three. They win 23 to seven over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I appreciate everybody who's tuning in live here. It's, it's late. It's late. You could be going to bed, getting ready for the day. But if, you, if you're with me, I appreciate you. I also appreciate you if you're with me after the fact, audio form, video form. Be sure to subscribe, follow along for five. Five day a week Ravens content. So we'll come right back at you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern time. It's a long work night for me, but 6 a.m. Eastern time we'll be coming back talking about Lamar Jackson's MVP. And then throughout the week, we'll also have an episode about Keaton Mitchell. We'll also talk more about for this Ravens team, at least what they can do moving forward. We have a lot of comments here in the chat, which I'm going to be getting to as well. Uh, I want to first start with Benjamin's comment, though. The version of Lamar is built for the playoffs. Just need the offensive line to hold up. It's true because, look, even when the offensive line gets beat, Lamar has been so patient. One of the things I've been most impressed with about Lamar this season has been the patience, where I think sometimes, and this happens with just young players, right, over the course of the first couple years of a career, what tends to end up happening is, you know, if the internal clock is sped up, it becomes panic mode, they force a throw, they make a bad decision, I think, you know, he had the one bad decision where he could have picked up the first down on the ground. And then I think, who was it? Rayshon Jenkins came and, and picked off Lamar. Great play by Jenkins, but Lamar just should have probably seen that and ran for it. 
But other than that, I mean, look, the patience we see him kind of maneuvering, stepping up, stepping back in the pocket. And he he outside, he's been hard to bring down his entire career. But this year, out of any other year to me, he has been the hardest to bring down that we've ever seen. And that's kind of scary to think about because even when Ronnie Stanley loses badly, if Morgan Moses loses badly, if there's interior pressure, sure, he's going to get sacked sometimes. He can't do it all, all the time. But he's the hardest player to bring down the NFL and it's, it's not even close. Ravens, big trust saying, thank you for the content. I subscribed there. I appreciate the subscription. I mean, it means a lot to me. We're building up here on locked on Ravens. We have a lot of great communities going on. Gut wall street saying we can beat the 49ers hundred percent. I'm with you gut. We hundred percent can do it through the Ravens. Darth Zorn saying, I think Mitchell done for the season with an ACL. I don't, I haven't seen the official injury diagnosis. If it has come out, I I'll peruse through Twitter quickly here, but at the end of the day, he's he's done. John Harbaugh already said it, and I'm sure we'll get the extent of the injury probably tomorrow when Harbaugh's talking. Maybe we won't, but we'll probably get a report. It's brutal. It's tough, and we'll talk about Mitchell in a couple minutes here. Trey saying Lamar's MVP to lose. Yeah, I mean, it could, I think, yeah, I read that one, but yeah, Lamar's MVP to lose. Uh, Benjamin saying Harbaugh said he's out for the year. Most likely, yep, gave me Dobbins vibes. Mitchell was going crazy. He He's so explosive, so quick, and – it's honestly so hard because you talk about the read option with Mitchell and Jackson. You got to pick your poison. And I think on those plays, the defense is so drawn to keep Mitchell and trying to bring him down. We see Lamar kind of break it out. Usually it's to the right side of the offensive line, right? He has that hole right across, you know, right between the right tackle and the slot. He just, boom, he, he cuts it there and he gets like 10, 12 yards. And then when teams try to shut that down, you leave Kitten Mitchell one-on-one. He can burst through a hole, and I thought he showed a lot of a lot of potential today. But again, depending on the severity of the injury, I think this probably jeopardizes a lot of Keaton Mitchell's 2024, which is honestly probably the worst part. Like you, you would love to have him for the playoffs. You would love to have him for the rest of the regular season. But if it's a torn ACL, it could be a multi-ligament injury. So if it's an ACL, MCL, PCL, whatever, you're probably looking at he's probably coming back around this time next year, maybe he would miss all of 2024. Some player it's recovery, right? Kate Mitchell's young. His body probably heals a little quicker, but it's based off recovery time. So he's going to miss all of this season, depending on what the injury is, which I don't know at this point could be very far into 2024 before he returns as well. Jeff saying for the number one seed, still got to beat Miami, but with Cleveland's record, how good they're playing right now, they're actually scaring me more than any other team to sneak up on Baltimore. I mean, yeah, look, you talk about that, Jeff. I mean, Cleveland, Buffalo is a team that looks really good right now. I don't, I don't want to see them. I think Baltimore can beat anybody, but those are teams that are just tough teams, right? Like I'd feel much more confident playing a Houston or a Denver or a Jacksonville, right? But the Ravens are going to have to be battle tested. You want to win a Super Bowl, you got to beat the best. So we're going to see what happens. Dylan saying who will be running back three and Benjamin saying probably will promote Gordon, probably Gordon, maybe Owen Wright, maybe an outside signing out. I'll have to look after the stream at what running backs there would be. I'm sure it's just going to probably be internal though. I'd assume it's probably going to be Gordon and, and that will be what it is. Darth saying just glad Mitchell's a rookie for a lot. So a lot of time for next season. I mean, hopefully he's back by then. Darth's also saying, thinking the Niners will win big there. I say it. Niners are invincible. They're not invincible. Darth don't, don't have that mindset. Baltimore's the best team in the AFC. San Francisco's the best team in the NFC. So we'll see how it happens. Uh, Colin saying how we see the Ravens offense change with the injury to Mitchell more of justice, definitely more justice. He's the closest to Keaton. I mean, he's not Keaton, but he's the closest has the speed, has the elusiveness, but it's not Keaton's speed. It's not Keaton elusiveness. And I think that's what hurts the most where Keaton's just like, 
I mean, he, he turns it up to 10, right? He, he's, he's, he's at 10. He just goes zoom. And, and you see him. Justice isn't as fast as Keaton, isn't, isn't as elusive, but he has more of a power element, I guess, as well. Uh, Benjamin says this Ravens team needs the one seed more than 2019. Need guys to get healthy, so we need that by. I mean, yeah, it's rest versus rust. I'd assume the Ravens would play their guys in the last game of the season, unlike they did last year. So that's a big conversation point as well. So we'll see. Uh, Kobe saying in 2024, we'll have Hill and Mitchell still under contract, depending on severity of the injury. We need to add a running back via the draft. Yeah, I agree. Running back will be a, a conversation point, whether it's free. I mean, Derrick Henry has hinted that maybe it's his last year in Tennessee. Maybe we can revisit that conversation. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? But yeah, it, it'll be a lot. Uh, Trey saying the read option with Mitchell is lethal. Even the smallest holes get him on the outside. It was almost always a first down. Yeah, awful. Uh, gut saying, do the players vote for MVP? No, it's a panel. Trey says it. It's, it's a panel of guys who vote for it. Uh, the, the top 100 list is voted on by the players. The MVP itself is not. Jeff saying, Devonta Freeman. That's my Jeff, you're my man for saying that. Bring in Devonta Freeman. That's what I'm talking about. For those who aren't familiar, Devonta Freeman's an in inside joke I have with Kadri Ismail, who we have on every week, mostly on Fridays. And uh, I'm, I'm a big Devonta Freeman guy, although he's not helping right now. Benjamin saying the Niners' weakness on defense is the secondary, so if we can get the pass game going with Bate, Odell, and Zay, that would be key. Yeah, they lost uh, – they, they lost uh, Star State. Who was their safety loss? Talona Hafunga, however you say it. They lost the safety. I, have to, I, forget, I forget his name right now. He's so good. But, yeah, Dorothy saying the Niners still still scare me. I can see the Ravens losing on them but went out the rest. Honestly, the, the, the Niners game, as I've been talking about here on the show, is the least important game of the season. They can lose. It'd be awful. I mean, I hate for them to lose. But you talk about Miami and Pittsburgh, those are conference games. Again, I rank out losses in tiers. The worst loss you can have is a divisional loss, right? I mean, you can't end up going, you can't end up saying, oh, we're going to win the division, then go 0-6 in the division, right? You got to win the division based off of either win-loss or division record. Baltimore right now, you know, big division, it's probably there's the win, to be honest, but we'll see. I think Cleveland is the one, again, that scares some people. Then you have the conference loss, can help with seeding if you have a good conference record. Then the, the non-conference loss, 49ers are a non-conference team. It is the loss that matters the least if it were to happen. Miami would matter more and Pittsburgh would matter more, to be honest. Yep, Kobe, exactly. If you drop a game, it should be the 49ers, 100%. Uh, Colin asking thoughts on Lamar and MVP standings. Stash on like other players, but most valuable player for a team by far. Hope people understand that. Yep, I've said it before, Colin. I'm with you. If you talk about the actual three words, most valuable player, who is the most valuable player to their team? A lot of players could a lot of players could qualify, Mahomes and Burrow and Allen, whoever you want, McCaffrey, Donald, right? But I think Lamar Jackson is 1,000% the most valuable player. We've seen it in action. We have seen it literally these past two seasons, what the ceiling and what the floor is for a Lamar Jackson team versus a non-Lamar Jackson team with the Ravens. And it's not, it's not good when he's not out there. Brandon saying, sign 92 long-term, legendary Ravens players wearing 92. Nada, yep, hello, Nada. Shout out to him. You, you got to. You gotta, gotta, gotta bring them back in the building. You have to do it. Kobe losing to Miami and Pittsburgh would hurt our chances more for the number one. If they lost outright after San Fran, if they lost both those games, they probably don't get the one, to be honest. That ends what? They would end if they beat San Francisco, lose to Miami and Pittsburgh. They'd have five losses on the season. Miami would probably have five as well, I'd assume. They would maybe drop a game. Miami, Miami has Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. That's brutal. I'd expect them to lose one, maybe two of those games. So we'll see. 
Uh, we have Na- we have Nasty in the chat saying, I love Kevin Ostriker. I appreciate you. Nasty, you've been with me for a while, so I appreciate you saying coldest dude on YouTube, my man. I appreciate that. Uh, Benjamin say, need the Miami game to be flexed to Sunday night football, the bank on primetime on New Year's Eve. But I-, I feel you, Benjamin, but it's people have New Year's Eve plans. I think what they would do is uh, they would probably flex to the 425. New Year's Eve would be electric. Like that, I agree with you, Benjamin. But I think people would be like, man, like – I made plans. I think 425 would be the one that would be gut wall saying, I love Worcestershire sauce. I don't know what that is. I know that Worcester is how that's pronounced if you're in Boston. I went to school in Massachusetts as well. Uh, Island Vibe saying, Kevin, thoughts on the offensive line? Seems like we're sticking together with duct tape and a prayer. Wish there were more healthy, specifically going into the playoffs. So, and with this, I think it's really important as well. The, the tackles are brutal. It's a really rough tackle situation with them right now. I am very, very, very nervous about the tackles. The interior, I mean, Linderbaum's played great. Kevin Zeitler's played great. John Simpson's been much better than I expected. But you talk about those edge rushers that are going to be facing from here on out. And even with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, they put some pressure. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. And they need Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses. And, I mean, if it's McCary, if it's Falele, whoever, they need him to step up as well. I don't really know. Uh, all right. We have a couple more comments. I'll get to those. Then we'll end it. Benjamin saying, I live in California. So we got the time difference. Yeah. It's uh 1233 AM where, where, where we are in Baltimore. People are listening in Baltimore right now. So California, cool. 933 PM used to live out there. So I, I know that time difference that nasty saying, uh, we're definitely going to the make, to make noise in the playoffs, Kevin, are you doing a show in the morning? Keep up the good work. Yep, I am. I'm doing the 6 a.m. show in the morning, so be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll talk more in depth about how Lamar's narrowed his MVP chances down even further in a good way. So we'll talk about that 6 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Colin saying, I think other receivers need to step up. Felt like Lamar is struggling to find receivers multiple times, missing that Mandrew Street ball. Hey, we saw that, Colin, with the Isaiah Likely play. But it was a good play. I can't remember who talked about it, but the offensive line and how Lamar kind of ducks in and out. I mean, the offensive line, when they protect, seems like the wideouts can't get open. Then when Lamar has pressure in his face, a guy beats his guy off the line and he's open for a touchdown. So it's, it's just syncing up those those two units, right? Can the offensive line block and can a wide receiver get open? I, I don't necessarily think guys – I mean, look, they need to step up. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it's the best receiving core Lamar Jackson's had, and the offense is still new, all things considered – it's not new anymore in terms of, yeah, we're in December, but it's the first year of the offense, so there will, there will still be some growing pains. But I do expect them expect them at least to get open more consistently. Uh, Lebney is saying if we can run and play defense, we're good, plus we got the best kicker ever. I, I 100%. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Jeff saying what whatever they did with the offensive line against the Rams needs to be done from here on out. It's rotation, right? They rotated guys in and out. That's exactly what they did. Bonzo saying word for the offense. Defense can hold anyone under 20 with no Keaton. We really need Mark back. One seed will be huge. I'm interested to see how the offense will adjust without Keaton. We'll talk about it more throughout the week, but I, I, I hear you, Bonzo. It, it needs to be more consistent all the way through. Darth saying still a convincing win, 100%. Gut saying did we get a sack tonight? Uh, they did. They, Justin Matabike. I, did, did they count it? Did they count it as a sack from Matabike on the fumble? I think they did, right? I mean, they had to have. Because he had the intentional grounding play, which didn't count as I'm pulling up the box score quickly, right? They, yeah, they, Matabike had the one sack, so 50 sacks for the Ravens on the season. And lastly, Bonzo saying priority for San Francisco this week's not a win, just stay healthy. Auto clinch with Miami and Pittsburgh, which really makes this game not matter much. Yep, agree. Stay healthy, be competitive, 
And hey, who knows? We could be seeing that matchup in February. That's all I have for you here today, though, on this episode of Locked On Ravens Midnight Live Edition. Again, appreciate all the chats, all the comments, all the support. It, it is really appreciated. And we're, we're building up here past 5,000 on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio formats, all the audio community also flourishing. I appreciate all the audio listeners. Also, be sure to subscribe on Subtext for exclusive text conversations we have on there, other inside information. It's a really awesome community out there as well. It's late, so everybody out there, get some sleep. We'll be right back here 6 a.m. tomorrow morning talking Ravens, talking Lamar's MVP conversation, get more into Keaton Mitchell's injury, and of course, the Ravens win over the Jaguars. Ravens clinch the playoffs. They are in. Currently standing at the number one seed. Be sure to stay tuned for all of our content throughout the week. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.